Hello, Brian here from Franchise Simply with the Franchise Radio Show. Franchise Trends with industry veteran Bill McPherson. Um, this is the third time I've interviewed Bill. Uh, it's almost become an annual project, and I'm delighted to have managed to snare him again and, and dragged him away from vacation as well. Just chatting to him, he's just come back for a holiday in Italy, lucky him. And uh, um, But Bill is a, is a fan, truly a franchise veteran. He, he's vice president of franchise development for PostNet, huge organization, a global leader in high quality printing and shipping, and uh, and also Alpha Graphics, leading leading sort of franchise or in printing and marketing. He's had nearly 30 years involved in franchise leadership. He's a certified franchise executive. And he's led franchise development, which really is his bag, I think, and in real estate, business to business, business to customer, retail even home care. So broad knowledge and someone I respect of having a, a really, I think, independent observation and view of what's happening out there in the, um, I suppose, in, in in business, but specifically in franchising. So um, so this is the third time I've had Bill on. We missed last year, but the year before, 2021 and 2020, if you want to look up his podcasts, they're all really interesting. So, um, and he joins about three other people that are sort of uh, had, had three interviews with us. So, I'm privileged to be able to get hold of your time again, Bill. Lovely to speak to you today. How are you? Well, Brian, I appreciate it, and thanks for starting your morning off there in Australia. It's it's late afternoon here, but you got to wake up and talk to me. So, I I don't envy you, but I appreciate you having me back. It's a pleasure. I've had my first cup of coffee, so I'm charged up and ready to go. So uh, there you go. Um, so I've been. I've just done a survey in the last week of a number of people I really respect, um, leaders in the sector and economy and so forth, and getting their view of what's happening because there's a, a certain nervousness we feel certainly in this country at the moment, apprehension of people. Just there's an uncertainty which I think most people are not used to. It's a an unusual phenomena. And and the, the, what I what I decided was in fact the unanimous feedback from them all was that now is a time of opportunity. And the, there was the Latin statement, I'm not sure if I pronounced this right, but carpe diem, seize the moment. And that seems to be really what everyone says. In these times, um, you know, various struggles, if not recession, certainly a lot of a shake-up around. That's when the opportunity is there for the people who are on the ball. But the key that, and I don't know, I'm interested in your views, Bill, I'm not intending this talk for the whole interview, but was that people are geared up and really doing it and on, on the top of their game, the opportunities are vast because a lot of people have dropped the ball a bit in the last year or two. So uh, what, what are your thoughts about trends, I suppose, in the next next year or so, Bill? Yeah, we're seeing the same thing here in the States, uh, certainly in the last 18 months where, you know, uncertainty, maybe a little intrepidation, uh, you know, candidates maybe being a little fearful because of, like you said, uh, everything going on. So whether it's the economy, uh, inflation, interest rates. But I do think that 2023, to your point, may be the, that, that carpe diem where, where people say, okay, we've been through a year or two of this kind of post-pandemic um, and rather than being controlled, my future, I'm going to seize. I'm going to control my own future. And, um, you know, in years past in the United States, we would see that. So, for example, when unemployment was high, you know, you had a, a large rush for people that would look to do start a business or franchise because 
did they want to go back into corporate America or be laid off again or kind of seize the moment and control their future? I think the thing that's been interesting over the last two years is it's been a whole series of factors. So it is not just one thing. It is, you know, here in the States, it is whether it be the economy, the pandemic, interest rates, funding challenges, you know, political discord. It's a whole host of things that have caused people to be a little bit discerned a little bit. But I think 2023, to your point, may be that rebound year, if you will, where people are going to say, okay, there's certain things I can't control. But the one thing I can control is how I, if I'm going to start a business and how I do, I'm going to bet bet on myself. I think he did right. A flash just went through my mind the way these things do. And I suddenly had a vision of Rocky one. Yeah. Poor old Rocky, knocked to the knocked down to the canvas, got up, knocked down to the canvas, but then he sort of said, Right, this is it, I'm not taking any more, and on he went. And uh, I think right. it's the same spirit, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's a great analogy. And, uh, and I think I think from a franchise so for that's from a franchisee perspective. I think mm-hmm. the other thing, Brian, from a franchisor perspective, is that smart franchisors are looking for ways to ease the transition and give a candidate a peace of mind. So whether that's funding options, flexible and initial fees, uh, more time to pay their initial fees, franchise or investing in marketing to help the franchisees start their business and, and, and pour into marketing and sales. So whatever the franchisor can do to say, look, we get it. We understand the environment that we're in. And here's how we're going to help you make that transition to our brand. That's a very good point. I think it's a, so. It's the astute franchisor that realizes you can't just say this is the line. That's this right. You have to comply with. They're going to look for the right candidate and then build flexibility around that model, which which does mean right. a bit of a discerning sort of um, point of view, which doesn't suit everybody in the recruitment area. So you do need to make sure your team really are on top of that because you've got to you've got to sense it with people isn't it they don't they won't always ask you but you've got to lead it without giving too much away yeah that, that's a very good point but I, th- I think that's something for everybody to learn actually whatever industry or business you're in franchising or other is your customer is the person you've got to court them and you've got yep. to do those little things to encourage them whatever it might be little little things whether it's whether it's a little favor, a little free dish of this, whatever it might be, a birthday card. So um, so from the point of view, as you say, there's been a tumultuous number of things. It's been the rocky factor. So we're getting up from the canvas. 2023 is, you know, round 10 or whatever it might be. So uh, what are the unique trends um, that, that you think franchisees will see in 2023 or franchisors, of course? Well, I think for franchisees, um what we've seen with both of our brands is is the franchisees customers or our end user um they really want trusted providers and a single source a single source for all their related products and services because for the customer if they can deal with a single provider on all those related products and services so for us pack ship print logistics but if they if, if we if we are the go-to franchise provider it just makes it a lot easier and trustworthy for the customer to do business with us. That makes total sense, doesn't it? We know you can spend so much time, as you said. The key word there, I think, that's probably the probably almost the the word of the of the twenties is trust. Yep. Yes. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, whether we're talking about the franchisee and their end customer, or whether we're talking about, like you mentioned, the discerning relationship between franchisee and franchisor, it comes down to trust. I mean, this is a partnership. At least this is the way we look at it with our brands. This is a a partnership. It's not about selling them a business and giving them a week of training. This is a long-term, mutually beneficial partnership, and it's got to be based on integrity and trust. Absolutely. I think that's where we're going to see a bit of a shakeout this year. I do think there are a few brands that are, you know, probably probably limping behind that trend, yeah. that bill of, but in denial, uh, perhaps a bit traditional, a bit of the head in the sand, and a bit complacent. You know, we were doing it right. They don't realize that things have, things have changed. <laughs> yeah. 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 So uh, that's, a, that's a very valid point. Thank you for that one. So I suppose looking at that then, how can we get ourselves ready for it? What's the best way that franchisees and franchisors can prepare for these shifts that are happening uh, in in the near future as, as we talk? Well, I think, you know, working together so that the franchisee and the franchisor are working together to understand the challenges and the opportunities for that specific brand and model. And of course, it'll be different based on what the franchise brand is, but based on the specific challenges and opportunities for that space, because when the franchisee and the franchisor are aligned as such, then as you know, many great things can happen. As evidenced, you know, as evidenced last year for PostNet, we had one of the best years in our 30-year history. So, you know, going into the third year of the pandemic and with all the chaos swirling around us, we had one of the best years in our 30-year history, both in number of new owners, as well as our franchisees from gross sales production. That's quite an achievement. So obviously you anticipated that. What what do you put that down to? to the fact you were able to to achieve that sort of uh, result? Well, I think from a from a franchise development standpoint, you're just making sure that our, our processes, our due diligence are leading that candidate, advising, trusted relationship, that we had everything buttoned up. Because like I said, I think franchisees going into starting to look at a business may be somewhat skeptical because many of them have never started a business, many of them have never opened a franchise. So if they if we can gain their trust that we know what we're doing, if you think about it, if they trust the process and they trust the franchise development leadership team and they end up joining the franchise, I've heard so many times that then they say, well, if they're that buttoned up and methodical and transparent before I join the franchise, then imagine what my training and marketing and relationships is going to be as I become a franchisee. So I think that's part of it. And then I think on the um, franchisor side, you know, just continuing to be thought leaders. So whether that be marketing programs, technology, uh, to your point, I think there's some franchisors that have been reactive and are lagging behind versus post-net and alpha graphics being forward thinking and proactive. Yeah. So I suppose the objective here then, and I look at the successful groups and you know, I'm thinking of one of the prominent Australian ones, someone like uh, one of my favourites, Pool Works, with John O'Brien, who's expanding rapidly in the States these days, um, and uh, got some six or 700 vans on the road. And um, his his key to success really is I- inclusion. You know, it's yeah. getting the franchisees involved in the decision. So they're not just, it's not just a mute sort of, you know, sort of situation you put your hand up. They're actually, they are actually contributing, being heard and being active in these changes. 
Yeah, we and, and with both of our concepts, we have uh, those opportunities for inclusion and contribution to the brand. So like on the PostNet side, we have a, a PostNet Franchise Advisory Council, and we have a similar with Alpha Graphics. So every month, uh, at least, we are meeting with key constituents, franchisees across different regions of the United States, getting their feedback from their other franchisees in those regions. They bring that to us, and we collaborate because, as you know, some of the best ideas come from the franchisees who are on the front lines. You know, they, they, they know the market, they know the competition, they know the pricing. So it's very important that we have uh, various methods so that those franchisees could be as included as they want in the strategic direction of the brands. It's true. And as the business grows, you know, the leaders and the managers become more, become more and more remote from the cold face. It's, it's inevitable. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, the, the key to a successful leader, I think, is being tuned to pick up those those comments and 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 the, the remarks and the advice and perceptions that the franchisees see. These odd little things, and that's I suppose that's that's how you're able to keep ahead of the marketplace. So no, it's, it's interesting. So so this takes a lot of strategy and understanding and a great team at all levels, as you say. So what what are some of the strategies you think that people can implement? To, to set themselves up for success moving forwards from, you know. In the yeah, I think, I, I think in today's world, and I'm sure it's the same in Australia as well as here, is, is, is you know, cutting edge technologies that are consumer facing. Everybody wants answers and or products and services yesterday. They want it easy to do business with whoever that provider is. So we've invested an enormous amount of time and money during the pandemic on new um, consumer-facing e-commerce, fulfillment, mobile apps, and we'll continue to do so. But I think that's one of the key things for franchisees with both of our brands to gain and retain new customers. Yeah, that makes sense. And uh, someone was remarking the other day, something I was reading actually, more, more likely at Christmas time, that these days, if you're going to be a leader or CEO you have to be really IT savvy. You can't rely on the words of others these days. You've got to understand the objective and the impact of it and be perceptive enough to know what to implement and not what not to. There's so much out there that isn't appropriate that, you know, plenty of people trying to sell it to you. Yeah. No, you, you you make a great point and it's so applicable to our, to our parent company and to our leadership team. So uh, Ryan Ferris, who's our chief operating officer and president, um, has just a phenomenal knack for technology. Um, all the new technology platforms for both our brands in the last three or four years have been spearheaded by him. And so uh, it just kind of comes natural to him among a lot of other things from a leadership standpoint. But I think the important thing is that he recognizes that as a key differentiator, and he's very involved, like you say, not just listening to either third party outside of our company, but uh, our franchisees, the leadership team, but really being a thought leader and proactively providing cutting edge technology solutions. I, I think that's it. Thought leader really is, I think, the key there to get respect of your franchise partners and so forth. Yes. Let, let's just to give some people examples, because, you know, everyone listening to this, you know, the franchisors or, or budding prospective franchisors are thinking in terms of their business. What can I do? How how can how can I take advantage of this? What should I be? What action should I be taking? So perhaps we can move into Postnet and say let's focus on Postnet a bit 
and uh, from the point of view of that organization, what are the sort of things, the sort of strategies that PostNet are incorporating this year moving forward? Well, one of the things, you know, near and dear to my heart and from my team is going back to live, quote unquote, discovery days. So for two years, we were virtual, like a lot of franchisors and held discovery days, just like we are, you know, with a Zoom platform or a Google Meet or what have you. And it was fine. We pivoted and did what we had to do. But we firmly believe that the mutual decision to align properly between a franchisee and a franchisor is so important. And it's one that's best decided in person. So we have a very transparent and pragmatic due diligence process. And it concludes with us inviting and reimbursing travel expenses for them to come to Denver for the discovery day. So we just started that again late to, late last year. So this is our fourth month live. And it's going extremely well with both brands. Um, and again, you know, the virtual was fine, but still there's a lot of people, probably myself included in today's environment, where if I'm going to invest that sort of money, I want to go meet the leadership team. I want to break bread and have dinner with them. I want to see the culture of the organization. You can't get that over a Zoom call. No, no, you're absolutely right. There's, uh, we've gone back to live workshops in the same way. And I must say, I enjoy them, but it's an opportunity just as your discovery days to build that sort of empathy and, and when you're there with people, you can just make a far better call from your point yes. whether they're the right people or not. Sometimes you see the shallowness in conversations that you don't pick up in a nice, bright sort of Zoom call. Yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. Or it could be it could be how they interact with the rest of our staff at corporate. It could be how they interact at, at dinner with a with a with a server. And those are small things, but you're right. If you're looking at this as a long-term partnership, a long-term marriage, those Key data points are all very valuable. Yeah, it's it's almost like uh, having a courting engagement, you know, over an accelerated yeah. period That's of time. Right. At least you can have it in a in a, in a appropriate environment. Yeah. Uh, any other things that come to mind that you're doing beyond those live discovery days, which I think we can all learn from that. Well, similar but somewhat different. You know, our annual conferences. Every franchisor has an annual conference. We had to park those for a couple of years during the pandemic. So not only are those live again, but they are so much uh, more robust. Uh, so we took the time during the pandemic. Uh, we've got a phenomenal v vice president of learning and development, Klain. And Klain and his team just did a phenomenal job of kind of reformatting the annual conference for workshops and roundtables and keynote speakers and vendor shows and vendor discounts. And so, you know, that's a huge ROI for our franchisees, not just the learning capability, but as you know, the ability to network with their fellow franchisees, because that's one of the most important things in any franchise network. It's the community, isn't it? It's what I hear more time and time again from people who have got franchise, franchise partners have been with them for 15, 20, 25 years. And there's a, there's a lot of them out there. It is, it's that, it's that family. That's right. That's what franchising offers, I think, is a family. That's um, right. Yeah. Someone to give you a hand when times are tough. Yeah. And, uh, and, and to have the fun with. Yeah. Yes. So, so what, what do you see as the ideal conference? What do you see as the sort of menu for an ideal conference off the top of your head there, Bill? Well, I think, you know, it's interesting because we, we we do post-conference um, uh, feedback. And so every year we, we kind of see how we did and ways that we can improve. And, 
I remember when I first joined both brands about four years ago, some of the initial feedback, this was pre-pandemic, was to have more networking opportunities. You know, the classes are great. The vendors are there are great. But, you know, one of the things that we heard loud and clear from our franchisees is more unstructured time, if you will, so they can network with their peers. Because, you know, we can have the classes and the keynote speakers and so forth. But when they're talking to other franchisees who are there doing that business every day, just like them, how did you produce this sign? How did you provide this solution? What vendor did you call? Uh, what inks are you using? What papers? That's just so invaluable. So I think it's the blend of the networking and the formalized kind of structure and classes, keynote speakers. And again, our learning development team is just hit it out of the ballpark. The feedback we've gotten since going back live the last couple of years has just been really remarkable. Yeah, that's brilliant. You know, it leads me to a couple of examples that come to my mind, no names, no uh, et cetera, but was where through that networking, the, the periods of time where it isn't overly structured at your conference or whatever it might be, for the ability to people just chat and build up genuine friendships because uh, that's right. That with people having long term friendships and it's it's like a, a glorified buddy system. You've got yeah. people you can keep in touch. How you're going? Have a phone call, um, that sort of thing. And uh, it's it, it's a big decision to decide to move on from something like that. So that's certainly, I think, critical in re in franchisee retention in the long yeah. term. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got uh, retention levels of both our brands that last I looked are about double uh, what it is in the United States for franchising. So, in other words, if if a typical franchisee stays with a franchisor X years, both of our brands are about double that, and I think that's one big reason why. Well, saves you so much time and heartache and money and everything else, just trying to find people to fill that other fifty yeah. percent time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that that's that's the icing on the cake, isn't it? That's what you do it for. That's what gives you the opportunity to feel confident, feel comfortable, and to look to the future. Yes. Knowing you've got that sort of team behind you. Yeah, yeah. I always, you know, on, on my team, I've got two different teams for each brand, and I always tell them, you know, if we're, if we're tasked with trying to award uh, our business model uh, to folks and we don't feel good about the support, the training, the family culture, the leadership – uh, another way to say it is we can't sleep well at night because we're up, you know, concern. That's a problem. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've always kind of had that throughout my whole career. And I've been blessed to work for brands where I don't stay up at night because I know what we're doing. The leadership, the training, the support is there. They have every opportunity to be successful as a franchisee. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's all part of the culture. Yeah. So um, moving from there. So I suppose. um is it's pretty obvious from what you said of last year's results for PostNet. You're on a pretty positive trajectory. So from that point of view, what's your sort of looking at the the fishbowl sort of view? Um, what's happening in the next year from your group's point of view? What do you what premium? What what reward do you do you anticipate? Are you looking for? Um, yeah. Well, I think you know we want to build upon. Our amazing 2022, we did have a very good year, uh, the franchisees, as well as new owners that we brought into the system. So we want to build upon that. Uh, we're off to a good start in the first six weeks of the year. Um, and then, you know, I think as a franchisor, you know, just making sure that we take a step back as an executive team and say, what can we do to make sure that we support our owners in every way possible so they can be successful? And as you know, 
you know, some owners define success very differently than others. Some owners want to be multi-million dollar owners and have multiple locations and some don't. They just want one location and make a good income and, and don't have to work in corporate. So whatever their goals and aspirations are, I think we want to continue as an executive team saying, are we providing them the tools, the support, the thought leadership so they can achieve that? Right. You've got an extraordinary number of franchisees in your network. So how do you manage to find out one-on-one what those what their individual goals really are deep deep down sort of thing yeah it's a great question so actually with uh, both of our brands every fourth quarter we go through a strategic planning process for the current year and part of that besides budgeting and looking at the numbers is to understand what their goals are because even to the point where um uh, are you looking at an extra strategy? Maybe you've been in the system 15 years and you're thinking about three to five years uh, selling the business. So we get to that level of conversation with each and every owner so that we can help them achieve that. And for those that are looking for an extra strategy, that's where my team comes back in again to start helping them plan for that. If they're not, and they're just focused on driving sales, or maybe they want another franchise location or two, then our operations team is helping them with that. But we actually go through a formal process every fourth quarter uh, to go through budgeting, strategic planning, as well as goals and aspirations for each franchisee. Right. So I think that's uh, obviously you don't just pay lip service to that. So that's something I think for people to note because it's easy to start taking people for granted, isn't it? You've got to be so careful. Yeah. We we do it in personal relationships, let alone in business, you know. <laughs> that's yeah. right. Yeah. Um, so anything else you'd like to put into the, the potpourri, our mix for today's conversation, Bill? Well, I think just watch for some uh, new and exciting technology platforms. We mentioned the technology earlier, but watch for some new uh, public relations announcements and things that will hit the press throughout the year for PostNet, actually both of our brands, that will really further differentiate us in the pack, ship, print and logistics space. So that's the key for anybody listening today or whenever in your sector. Just make sure you're a step ahead of the game. That's right. Yeah, yeah. and you're ready to unpack things. And it's not just a getting, matter of getting something ready today or the next three months. It's saying, what are we going to be doing next year? I think there's a long lead time, let's face it. Despite the speed that these things happen at, that's actually a little bit of a myth there. In the background, you've got to know the people who are the developers and so forth. And the, I imagine that's where you, you have people spending time. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, really enjoyed chatting to you as always. We must yeah, make that it. was great. It was great. I always, enjoy, I always enjoy our conversations, Brian. I really appreciate it. And I hope all of you listening have enjoyed it as well. If, if you'd like to contact uh, Bill at all, by all means, you can do it through me or go to postnet.com and post a note in there and uh, you'll get through to him. Um, so I'd just like to say, it's been been lovely talking to Bill again. Uh, Happy New Year. Um, thanks again for your time. I'm privileged for the fact that you're giving up your time again and including your vacation. That's really tremendous. So uh, in closing, just like to say, um, this is Brian from Franchise Simply and the Franchise Radio Show saying thanks very much. Looking forward to being with you next time. And thanks again, Bill. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate it.